0: Hello, Masterplan World. Welcome to our podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you all listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator of the Ecommerce Masterplan. I'm an author, speaker, and consultant, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. Last week, we did something a little different on the podcast, as rather than having a guest or updating you about what happened at a conference, I answered your questions. It was all in honour of the launch of my new book, Customer Manipulation, how to influence your customers to buy more, and why an ethical approach will always win. So why not go back and have a listen to that one after you've had a listen to today's interview. And this week, we have our first ever Australian guest, a real privilege, because I've been trying to get an Australian on the show since pretty much the day we launched. So Kerry Williams, is the creator and owner of so unusual she uses her background in interior design to scour the world for a unique and limited edition homewares collection everything about the business is heavily focused on the customer the site launched just seven weeks ago as we record this and is currently fluctuating from two to 38 orders a week hi carrie hey chloe um, I've just given our listeners a very quick overview of you and your business and where you are now. So tell me, how did you get started in
1: e-commerce? The uh, detailed story, so bear with me. I attended a e-commerce conference and Expo a few years back, and I actually met you, and I bought your two books. And straight after I'd returned from that expo, I was on holiday for a week and devoured the books. Um, So that coupled with the fact that at the time I'd made quite a few other businesses very successful as an employee, Uh, I then wanted to be completely responsible for my own success as well as my failures. Um, So I've also been in roles as a supplier to e-commerce businesses and so it's been quite fascinating to learn of their wins as well as their losses.
0: Cool. So that must have been in Melbourne – and it must have been when I was hanging out with um, Osric Powell, I reckon. That's right. Ah, I remember. Gosh, that was a while ago.
1: It's so cool that you've
0: got it started. Excellent. I know. <laughs> cool. So, um, so you've you've had a lot of experience then in the e-commerce world uh, yes. around, kind of around the fringes. Working for other people, supplier, and everything else. So, what what was the catalyst? You wanting to do it yourself and getting so unusual live.
1: Um, I just, I guess, I wanted to be responsible for the successes and sometimes failures that you would that allowed or enabled me to achieve with other companies that I worked for. Um, and so, I really just wanted to do something that I was wholly responsible.
0: So it's both that that doing it for yourself and then e-commerce seemed the obvious route to go down.
1: Well, it's just such an exciting industry it's and I love the unpredictableness of it
0: <laughs> yeah, that's very true because at the moment you're getting quite a fluctuation in orders aren't you
1: yes my my average uh, dollar per order is is between eighty and a hundred dollars, and some weeks it's it's as low as two and some weeks is you know almost forty pieces. So it yes, it's very unpredictable.
0: Because I love the fact we've got you on right at the very, very beginning of the story, because I know a lot of people who listen are thinking of doing that startup journey and and as we all know when you're looking to start something new whether it's publish a book or start a podcast or launch a business or a website we can all procrastinate and a lot of that procrastination is due to the fear of what's going to happen when we actually turn it on. So um, yes. so I like the fact today we're going to get to explore a little bit about what actually happens um, when you turn it on. So before we get into that though um, Kerry can we just do a little bit of scene setting. So whereabouts in the world are you and where are you selling to
1: okay so Australia uh, my focus is purely Australian marketplace at the moment Uh, interestingly enough I've had quite a good following in the US market uh, which surprised me and um, I'd like to explore that in the near future
0: oh wow cool and um, and the products are you sourcing those from all over the world or are they Australian makers no
1: no they're not not Australian products 90% of them are from Europe and then the rest are from USA.
0: Gosh, so it's so you're you're involved in a lot of import and all those
1: complexities as well. Then, yes, it's it's small volumes uh, of each item because they're very limited edition um, ranges of of product. But yes, uh, there's quite a bit of importing involved.
0: I guess the the benefit of going down that limited edition route is that your cash flow is not too tied up in one thing, which
1: I imagine it could do in your homeware sector. Yes, very, very, very right. Um, I, I wanted to, you know, I started my, my career in retail buying for Homewares department store, mm-hmm. and the one thing I learned from that is uh, good stock turn, making sure that uh, you really just get the best sort of stock turn you can possibly achieve.
0: Yeah, because it, whilst the cash is sat in a bed, <laughs> you can't do very much with it until someone buys it, can you? You've got to keep yeah, it moving. Exactly. I think that's that's a really good lesson for everyone listening because I know I know a lot of people who get into e-commerce without a back you know background in retail who just seem to end up hoarding stock. Um, one uh, company who are going to remain nameless, who I know of, uh, they currently have sitting in their warehouse enough stock based on their monthly sales value to keep them going for eighteen months.
1: Wow!
0: Yeah, which is is pretty you know for those of us who've been around retail for a while that's a scary situation all you could be doing with that money um yes so how what you know have you got a couple of tips for our our aspiring and our current e-commerce people out there around that, that stock turn and keeping things moving
1: um yeah well one one would be respond quickly bite the bullet quickly um don't hesitate the minute you see something is what in Australia we call a dog. Uh, in other words, it's not, not a good seller. Just get rid of it. Uh, you're far better off freeing up your cash to be able to purchase other products, albeit at a um, minimal profit or even a loss. So that would be my tip. Get rid of the dogs. I like that. And the,
0: yeah, a dog is always a dog. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I often, I'm often surprised by how many think people believe that if they put a dog on the homepage, it will sell more. It's like, well, yes, it will sell more. But if you put a bestseller on the homepage, it'll sell even more. <laughs> it's like, don't waste your prime promotion opportunities on, on those dog products. Okay, so that's, that's the product then. What's the software platform you've chosen to sell on?
1: Um, WooCommerce on WordPress. Uh, so it's self-managed. Uh, and it's self-managed after my husband got it up and running for me. because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. He's a, a tech guru. And uh, so now it's it's an easy system to be able to manage by yourself if you're not technologically savvy like I am not. I have to say, your site
0: is probably the most attractive WooCommerce site I've ever seen. So well done on that front. (laughs) It's very stylish. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Any widgets or plugins you're currently using on the site?
1: Yeah, uh WooCommerce and Woo specific plugins. Um one that my husband uh, it was just, you know, if you don't ask, you don't know. Mm-hmm. And I saw that there was a wish list plugin. So if something was out of stock, you could add it to your wish list. Or if you if something was in stock, you could add it to a wish list rather. Um so we changed it. We tweaked the 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 system. Uh so now it's a voting button where customers can vote. To have an item restocked, uh, so it, it's it's really bringing customer engagement um, and have interaction with our customers as well. Um, the others I've got is eWay, um, Facebook Store, Wordfence for security, and Yoast SEO and subscription.
0: Oh, I think anyone who's running WordPress who doesn't have Yoast SEO is missing out. Quite frankly. Oh. It's it's a genius plugin, um, and an essential for for getting anything, yeah, any kind of rankings for the WordPress WordPress site. So, um, you mentioned you've got your husband doing your techie bits and pieces of the website, then you're managing it yourself. Who else is part of your team?
1: Um, well, I do all the sourcing, the buying, and the marketing. Um, my husband, as I said, was the techie of the world. So, I also have um, friends and family helping out with orders. So whilst at the moment it's very young, um, I'm certainly able to manage majority of it myself. But for example, we had um, 35 orders in one day, um, which just blew my head in. I just couldn't believe it. And uh, so I, I've, I've had a bit of a safety net of, of people who I trust uh, to be able to call in at the last minute.
0: It's one of those difficult things at the very beginning when you get these peaks and troughs and and nothing's hugely predictable is you you can't it's it's impossible to build something you know to build an infrastructure of team where you can cope with at a profitable level two orders or 35 orders per day so it's it's one of those tricky points of startup is well oh, okay, we get 35 today. Does this mean we've now turned a corner and we're going to get double figures every day or are we still only going to get none for the next three days and then it'll peak again and you've got to keep the customer service levels up. So I think it's it's quite, it's a tricky, one of the trickiest things to do, I think, is to to keep the customer service levels up when the orders are so erratic.
1: Yeah, it's very true. I, I guess my philosophy is uh, when a customer says jump, I say how high. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what I did at the very beginning of setting up the business is looked around me, all the people I've known, whether it's through LinkedIn or, or friends and family members, and looked at where and what strengths can I draw from, and expertise can I draw from. I mean, a really good example is my my son is a, um, a game, studying game design, and he's just a brilliant photographer, and he has been able to do some fantastic photos and also teach me how to do it for myself as well.
0: Uh, excellent. So you, you've kind of pulled the resources of your network to yes. get you up and running. Correct. Now, I'm going to ask you, you know, the next two normal questions we go through, and then I want to come back to, if we don't cover it in these, these next couple of questions, um, your real strong focus on the customer, because I think that's something which just screams loud and clear from your site and from from what we're talking about. So before we get in, get into that, um, unless we do, Kerry, what do you think is the most awesome thing about your business right now?
1: Um, well, I'd say two things. One is the product point of difference. So I make sure that nothing that is on my website can be found in Australia, in the Australian market. Um, and the second is that I'm so customer focused, i.e. I offer free shipping and in Australia it's not cheap and a 100% happy guarantee. So even if it's not what they, you know, it, whether it's a quality concern, which is very unlikely, or if it's just not the right color, they can return it without any quibble.
0: I had a feeling one of your most awesome things was going to be about the customer service. So I'm glad I didn't ask you the questions and steal your thunder. Um, but oh. bef- before we get into that, the product point of difference, I think that's such, such an important thing because I often, often meet people who are going into kind of the boutique or the homewares area. And in that space, it's, it's, heavily about the edit of the owner. For those of you who don't know what I mean when I'm saying edit, it's how you pull together those diverse products and those diverse suppliers to create a look and a feel that's your company's own. So that's the, ed- the product edit. But And that can take you so far. But if you've also then got this point of difference where your products. If you want them in Australia, you're the only place that they can get them. I think that's that's really powerful. So, what what made you decide that that had to be part of your your business?
1: Um, well, quite frankly, I'm I've entered into a very polluted marketplace. So, the homewares business is done exceptionally well by a number of very good companies. But because I've lived and breathed homewares, whether it be my career. Or whether my 12 renovations that I've done, if all those, it's always revolved around the home. So I wanted to do it anyway. And so I thought, if I'm going to enter a polluted marketplace, I've got to make sure that I really have a unique selling proposition. And I think that's one of the key things when I read your, your book a couple of years back was the, what you call the USP. And that really struck home with me that, that point.
0: Yeah, and I like the fact you've gone for kind of two USPs. One that it's very, very hard for the rest of the marketplace to take you on with, which is the Australian exclusivity piece, because there's only so many products that you'd want to sell. And you know, and if you've got the exclusivity on those, other people can't copy with those. They've then got to go out and do all that legwork themselves. And it's it's not easy to source them and find them. Um and then then you've also done the customer focus which is the one which the rest of the industry could choose to catch up with you on. So it's yes. but but that will make a massive difference in the meantime in terms of of gaining customers. So the customer is very much front and center of what you're doing. Um what was what was your rationale behind deciding to do that? Uh
1: probably because 9% of Anything I've bought is online in the last 15 years. I was one of the early adopters personally of online shopping. Um, And so it just would absolutely, excuse me, but piss me off not being treated uh, properly, uh, how I would expect to be treated in a store. And so every time I had a negative experience, I kept thinking, you know what, I could do so much better than that. Um, So yeah, that's pretty much why it's
0: it's a personal experience leading you to really want to make sure you're doing the right thing for the customer. Yes. I know everyone listening will know that I'm I'm very much a fan of doing looking after the customer and the fact, you know, you've gone for the free shipping and that really strong guarantee is going to make a massive difference with with getting people to trust you so as they then feel confident and safe buying from you. Yeah. Okay, any other tips for our listeners in the world of listening to your customer and looking after them? Any little golden nuggets?
1: Um, okay, well, it's a very well-worn catchphrase but under-promise, over-deliver. So, for example, I say you'll get your delivery within three to seven days uh, when in actual fact in most cases I have it within 24 to 48 hours because uh, I just think that if you... Have a, a certain expectation, and that is exceeded, you're going to want to come back again. I know that personally, and I'm hoping that that's what the customer experience will be. Excellent,
0: and um, I have to say, to get 24 to 48 hours on the size of products that you're doing in Australia is no mean feat. Uh, it, it just simply the distances between places causes quite a lot of problems with that. So, so well done on that front. Um, yeah. So. Kerry, what's on your radar, your to do list at the moment?
1: My to do list. Well, because I'm a small business operator now, uh, not working for a multinational, the to do list is always endless. Um, but the two priorities when I wake up in the morning, the two first things I do or action is building a loyal subscription base and also sourcing new and exciting. Things. So once I've ticked those two boxes for the day, then I'll tackle the millions and millions of other things that, you know, uh, have to be done because you, 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 you're there's only a few of you.
0: And so, what, what 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 tactics are you taking to build that loyal subscriber base?
1: Um, predominantly exclusive offers um, and and blog newsletters. So there's two things. One is Uh, whether it be liking us on Facebook or subscribing, those are the only two ways anyone is going to get a discount or a two for one or a buy this, get 30% off that. So I'm, so that, that way the customer knows that I'm relating directly with them. The second is blogging. And I'm really, this has just astounded me because And and it may look, it may be a really low stat. I I may not uh, be correct here, but I've had 32% of all the clicks on Facebook have been from the blogs. So that's a far high percentage when you look at Facebook and you have, you have, you've had 5,000 views and you've only had, you know, a couple of hundred clicks. When you get 32% of people clicking on your blog, That's that's really exciting. So it's
0: when you so you're writing the blog on your website and when you're posting about that on Facebook, that's where your clicks are coming in. Yeah. Excellent. So you so you know your content and what you're writing about is the right thing for your audience then.
1: Yes. And and the only way to do that is to to speak to friends, family, um, and also people that have purchased. I I just uh sometimes send an email saying I'd really value your advice. And uh, so I'm just getting really good feedback that way.
0: Some even more excellent tips there from Kerry. You're turning, in, turning into a golden guest here. We're liking this. Lots of tips. Um, so there was something I, you know, given you've just started, this is, so before we dive into the top tips round, now you're seven weeks in. Is, what, would you have, what would you have done differently, if anything? What one piece of advice would you have for anyone who's about to launch that you wished you'd done before
1: you hit the live button? Oh, most definitely is if you think it's going to take you three months to launch, triple that. And I really mean that is in, in that you, there are so many unexpected things that crop up. And if you uh, at least are realistic at the beginning and say, no, this is going to take me nine months instead of three months, your expectations are more realistic and therefore you are less stressed. And yeah,
0: and stress is definitely a barrier, I always think, to getting things done well. I know some people say they thrive on it, but personally, if I'm going to do something well, it needs to be in a place well, there's not too much stress going on. So so yeah. how long from from when you started to when you went live, Kerry, how long was it for you? Uh,
1: five months.
0: Wow, that's pretty good for sourcing all those products and everything as well. That's quite a quick turnaround, I would yeah. suggest.
1: Yeah, look, it were long hours. Um, and I, a benefit of hindsight, I would have paced myself a bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I tend to sort of dive in and become – fully immersed and I need to be able to learn to step back and pace myself. Oh, don't we all?
0: (laughs) Um, Okay, brilliant. Loads of great piece of advice there for all of you. So we're going to move into the top tips round now. And this is my favourite section of the show because it gives all of us some really great ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Kerry, are you happy if we move into the top tips? You yeah, go for it. Cool. So the book top tip, if everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend to
1: them? Okay. Uh, I learned the hard way to find a balance between work and home life by experiencing burnout. So I, my answer would be I'd recommend that they sit down with a coffee and read a mystery a trashy romance or a book to inspire them personally, not professionally, uh, because the way I've what I've learned is by being in a good place personally, you can be in a brilliant place professionally. So in other words, I'd say if you've got the day off, make the most of it. Don't think about your business, recharge, because it is exhausting running your own business.
0: I like that piece of advice and as, as many people listening know, I'm a big fan of switching everything off. If anyone ever tries to get hold of me at the weekend, you won't because uh, that's downtime. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, yeah, I agree. Escaping with a with a, a good page turner can be uh, worth more than, than all the business books in the world. Um, traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves?
1: Um, well, this, this surprised me because I thought, I thought I'd get a really good response on, um, Pinterest. But Facebook, above all, is my top generation tip. Um, and also remarketing using Google Analytics. So I'm learning a hell of a lot at the moment on remarketing. Um, and I think it's a very valuable tool, uh, either Google Analytics or Facebook because it, they give you such valuable data. You, you can know which, suburb, which town, the ages that there is just so much you can learn about your customers.
0: And also with those kind of the, the, especially the geographic pieces, you can quite quickly improve the ROI of all your Google ads if you discover. So if I use a UK example for this one, if um I've had clients where we've discovered that ninety percent of their Google sales come through come from England but yeah. um, something like uh, you know but their clicks are spread all over the UK so Northern Ireland Wales Scotland and England so we've turned off all the ads in Wales and Scotland and Northern Ireland and seen a notable improvement in their ROI from something so simple that takes 10 minutes to analyze and 20 seconds to implement. So always take a look at those deep those deeper stats and as as um as you know I'm I'm a big fan of the remarketing activity as well so it's great to hear you're diving in on that one.
1: Yeah, particularly with Facebook for example, um you know you have a cost per ad. And so with all this data I'm able to get you know when I started I was about 86 cents per ad in in terms of cost and I now've got it down to 28 to 30 cents per ad. So that sort of data has really helped. Definitely, if you're
0: reducing ad spend like that, it shows it's you know, and in, and that's in seven weeks. Everyone who's listening, let's just remember this: that's massive optimization potential. Um, the tool top tip then maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plug-in, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient day to day?
1: It's Evernote. And I'm sure that there, are, everyone comes up with far more exciting uh, t- tools. But Evernote is brilliant because personally um, I'm using it as a memory dump uh, and a pl- planning tool. So if I wake up at 3 in the morning, I just quickly jot it into Evernote. Um, and so I'm able to plan my days really well. As a team tool, it's also great because I sometimes forget that my husband actually has a job to focus on <laughs> and that he's not there <laughs> that he's not there twenty four seven for just for me and my website. So now what we do is I assign tasks. so when I've come up with an idea of, of tweaking the website, which happens daily, <laughs> um, I just jot it into Evernote. and then he can pick it up when he's
0: next not working and able to spend some time on your site. Exactly. Excellent. Yeah, I, I, I like Evernote. I think it's a really clever system and it can be really good for doing how to's for your team as well. I've seen a lot of businesses do that. So they've got all their systems and processes written out in Evernote. Uh, the startup top tip then, if you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first tip for them?
1: Um. Well, one was triple the expected time you think yeah. it's going to take. Yeah.
0: yeah, sorry. I rather uh, stole, stole that one from you earlier, didn't
1: I? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, so that that's number one. Number two, I actually remember from reading one of your books, and that is to be flexible in your marketing plan. Um, I tell you what, now that I'm in it, no true words have been spoken because, as I said earlier, I thought Pinterest was going to be my best option for gaining a following it hasn't. Uh, Facebook has. So keeping your marketing plan fluid is absolutely vital.
0: Well, I have to say that's excellent advice, don't I? <laughs> As it came from my own book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving the plugs today, Carrie. really appreciating these. Um, so Masterplan World, you can find those top tips and link to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by going to ecommercemasterplan.com 51. Carrie, I've got one last top tips question for you, which is that if your business didn't exist, which e-commerce business would you like to be running?
1: Um, I guess because I've done 12 renovations or just a bit more than 12 now renovations, I'd run an educational type of seminar coupled with e-commerce business uh, based on renovating, uh, teaching people through tutorials and videos on how to renovate well and also keep your sanity and expenses realistic. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what I would do.
0: Excellent. I like that. An, an alternative perspective. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Kerry, before we say goodbye, would you like to let listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and on social media?
1: Okay, uh, the website is sounusual.com, so it's one word, or .au, which is the Australian link. Um, with social media, with Pinterest, Instagram and Facebook, it's sounusualonline and just with an underscore between each of the words. Excellent. Uh, so... I'll
0: add links to all of that and everything else we talked about today in the show notes, which you can find at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 51 or go to the website, click on the podcast tab or just use the search box. Kerry, thank you for being on the ecommerce masterplan podcast today and for being so, so generous sharing your early startup experiences with us. Thank you. Isn't it funny how things come around and, you know, it was a good couple of years ago now that I met Carrie and she got hold of the books and now she's got that site up and running and I can tell with the way she's approaching it and with her fantastic background in the merchandising and the buying side of things that it's going to be a a site we're going to hear an awful lot more of in the coming years. And also, you know, how brilliant was it she shared us with us so many great tips for startups and some brilliant marketing information that I think most, most of us could pick up a few tips from. So if you're enjoying the e-commerce master plan podcast, please do share it with your e-commerce friends. Twitter, Facebook, over a coffee, over a pint, over a glass of wine, I really don't mind. And if you fancy leaving a review on iTunes, that's always greatly appreciated. Hopefully, we'll catch up with you again next week. Have a great time this week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the eCommerce Master Plan podcast. Find out more
1: at ecommercemasterplan.com.